Hello, everyone. Welcome to Quantum Catechesis. I'm Father Joe Krupp, and you are not, and today is Friday, 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 and at some point in July, and it's, I think, 2022, and today is this, uh, what do you call, um, question and answer thing that we do, brought to you by Heinz, Red Delicious Gooey Happiness. Um, I do want to point out my new shirt. Yes. Uh, brought by listeners, uh, made by listeners who are incredible optimists and bought me a two X, which will go around my right thigh. Uh, and instead in a fit of insane generosity, went and got me another one with three X's. So thank you. Yay. And I want to be clear. I don't like Heinz ketchup. But we want sponsorship, and I want a $17 million contract. But I want it to be like one of those contracts where I could just change teams and still get the money. You know what I mean? Like, is there another ketchup company? Like, Hunts. if Hunts? Hunts? Okay, so like if Hunts came and gave, said, we'll add five bucks, I'm like, all right, peace out, Heinz. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I do want to tell you today was happy Joy Joy Day because... Right before this show, I joined in the bonds of eternal matrimony, or I witnessed the bond of eternal matrimony being made between one of our favorite and probably longest-running listeners, Bren Van, who married the love of her life today. And I served as witness, and wasn't that fun? Yes. And she gave me things. Can we talk about these? Apparently, Canadians have something called Coffee Crisp. And Coffee Crisps are like Kit Kats, but better. Which probably means Kit Kat won't be calling me to sponsor. Okay, so Carrie's posting up a picture. She's the one in the dress. I'm the one with the long beard. You're not in the picture. What? Just you, Jerry. That's probably a good thing. So look at them. Aren't they wonderful? Yeah. Oh my gosh. We had a great time. And I have to tell you, I'm a bit distracted today because I have been obsessing about doing this Crusades thing. And I may have gotten a little out of hand. I, I, I do. I looked. And did you see how many pages of notes we have? I know, but it's very We should look. Let me see. That's more, I don't know, like 12 pages of notes, uh, single-spaced. I need therapy. That's more than 12, isn't it? Anyway, uh, and what I've done is I give you this whole, like it's probably going to be two lectures before we get to the first crusade, or three, because there's so much you need to know. But I think if you can get this, you'll understand so much of European history better. Right. Uh, And so much of why what happened happened and how very little of it was actually about religion. Um, And for example, if you go into the there's a book that is a military history of the world. Have you seen this? Where they go through why did each war happen? And do you know what percentage of wars in world history they account as being? And this is a secular source because of religion. Four percent. Yeah, right. Religion's usually the excuse, not the cause. 
but we'll get into that anyway, blah, 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 blah. So uh, we will get into your questions. I hope you have many because I don't think we're starting off with a ton of them, are we? No. No. Uh, so dive right in with those questions. Uh, I did get one this morning, Carrie, about um, what do you call it? Cremation again. Oh, really? This is a question we probably get every two weeks. You know, oh, and that's not a complaint. Holy cow. It's just clearly on people's minds and hearts. Here's the key. If you've done something already, it's done. Let it go. Particularly if you didn't know you weren't supposed to do some things. But here's what I'll ask you to remember. First of all, Pepsi goes great with Heinz ketchup. Gooey red deliciousness. How do you like the mic today? Do you see where I put it? I put it over to the side today. Is my little beard making noise? You guys can tell me, because that's what I was worried about. I kept moving the mic down because the beard goes low, but then people were saying, well, I can't hear you. And I said, it's Gary, like that. So let me know if the mic's in a better spot or a worse spot or the same thing. Uh, so what were we talking about cremation? Here's the key. Don't separate the ashes and treat them with great dignity. That is a body. Okay, um, that, that somebody asked, well, can we divide them up between the family members? No, the church would say, no, no, no. That is one body and you should keep it together. It's sacred. Those ashes are sacred. Okay, so again, if you've already done it, let it go. What's done is done. But what our goal is as Catholics is to treat cremains the same way we treat non-cremains with great dignity and reverence. You don't chop up your parents and split them up. Yikes, that freaked me out. I shouldn't have said that. Okay, so uh, what do we got? Father, I'm a big Tiger fan. Me too. While, I am, while they are not playing well, I really dislike all the negativity. I just ignore them and change the subject. How do you deal with negative people? Well, you have to remember they're stupid. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. Was that funny? You can tell me the truth. Okay. No, you know what? Actually, I'm one level. Okay. I get the same way. And I try not to look at the comments on Tiger Facebook pages because, and I'm going to be candid, people are stupid. They are. Being able to have an opinion doesn't mean you should. Yeah. So for example, Sorry, non-baseball fans, just hang in there. This will just take a minute. I think I told you this. The other day, somebody put, Robbie Grossman is the worst. We need, Robbie Grossman sucks. And I pointed out to the person, he's been in the top seven in walks for the last 10 years. And he just completed a streak of 500 and some games without an error. If you think he sucks, you just don't know what you're talking about. Right? So I get it. And it drives me nuts every time. Fire Avila. As if, what, would you not have drafted Casey Mice? Right? W would you not have drafted, uh, what's the kid? The Riley Green? Would you not have drafted Matt Manning? Would you? Right. He made great picks. The last one, I don't like. Jackson Joby, I don't know. That freaks me out to draft a 12-year-old kid. But that's what he looks like. Have you seen him? <laughs> well, he's not really 12. I think he's 14. But whatever. You know, we've been decimated by injuries. Do you realize of the five starting pitchers at the beginning of the year, we have none left? Isn't that crazy? 
Uh, oh, wait, no, we have Scooble. We lost him for a bit, but he's back-ish. Okay. Uh, we started last night a guy from AA, not AAA, AA, because we don't have any AAA pitchers left. It's just bad luck, and we're not playing well at all. I don't know why. Some days we play well, some days we don't. But So what do I do with the negativity? Um, I just try not to look with varying degrees of success. I'm a tremendously curious person, um, and that works against me sometimes. But 99% um, of the time, I think 90% of the time, I'm able to read the comment and in my head go, wow, that person has no idea what they're talking about, and move on. Because they really don't know. It would be like me having an opinion on physics. right? Do you remember when the whole thing came up? Is Pluto a planet? Do you remember that? Yeah. Or no? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I don't know. And I, I'm too, I'm not smart enough to be stupid when it comes to that sort of thing. So I stay out of it. The funny thing was. Yeah. Is it a point that I can't remember? I can't remember what they decided on because when my kids were in school, they were like, it's not a plan. But that messed with me. I really wanted it to be a planet. Just well, sure. Fun. You can't just change your mind on a planet. <laughs> right. And what, does a planet, like, file for unemployment? Right. Or, like, so you know what I mean? I try to remember that so that I don't become another voice in that world. Yeah. So in whatever world it may be, there is so much I don't know. And I so appreciate you guys. Oh, Father, you're smart. Not really. I'm smart about some things. And that's what we talk about, right? But if we did Father Joe's show on astrophysics and basic math, you would listen for three minutes and say, they should send him away. <laughs> I can't add fractions. Although Carrie taught me something with pizza, and that was so weird. Because <laughs> here's what I did. I stood at the store, and it said there were two, there were two, this is a true story. This was at, what do you call it? The place that I always have panic attacks at. Um, Grocery store? Costco. Oh, Costco. Um, and I can't not go in there. It's awesome. But I know there's going to be so many people, and they're all going to be, like, touching me. So uh, what were we talking about? There was, there was these rolls of hamburger patties, and one said half pound, and the other said third pound. And I'm like, a third is more than a half, right? And I couldn't remember. So in my head, I did what you did, what you told me to do. I went, I have a pizza. Okay, here's half of a pizza. Here's a third of a pizza. A half's more. <laughs> Everything relates back to food. Pizza. <laughs> and this show was brought to you by Enzo's in Grand Blank. Featuring ketchup. Featuring ketchup. <laughs> Enzo's on. only uses the finest Pepsi and high-quality Heinz ketchup. There you go. So, uh, yeah, I stay out of topics. Their stupidity on that topic, whatever it may be, compels me to stay out of topics I really don't know anything about, like the WNBA. I do know it stinks. Is that okay to say? I have no idea why they want it to watch it. Want us to watch it so bad. Uh, I did you, did you watch ESPN? They don't cover seventy percent of baseball games, but they cover the WNBA. 
Well, like, there are my, six people watching the WNBA. My daughter does a lot of work for the WNBA, so I will support that. <laughs> support the WNBA? Sure. Oh, I support the right to exist. <laughs> you know uh, you know what I mean? Hey, go at it. But, like, there are ten women's sports that are more entertaining to watch. <laughs> tennis? I watch women's tennis all day. Women's oh, soccer? I watch that all day. Uh, lacrosse? All day, right? There are 50 women's sports that I could watch all day. And be blown away but basketball it's like the worst women's sport is that okay to say or is that sexist well, I, I don't mean to be it's sexist a, probably uh this is my opinion opinion yeah I, let me ask you this did you watch the men's finals of wimbledon last week no but had i known about it i would have oh it was amazing it was okay outstanding. i loved it loved every part of it but like dad if Venus or Serena Williams are on, he will watch it. We are going to watch it. And they're unbelievable. Well, not so much. Serena tried. Oh, but they're getting older, yes, right? She's yeah. getting older, yep. But anyway, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so why are we talking about this? I don't remember. Oh, because there's. so if you said to me, who's the best player in the WNBA? I'd be like... A chick? Some girl. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, so I stay out of those arguments uh, because I don't know. And what helps me stay out of those arguments is the people who stay in the arguments that don't know what they're talking about. In fact, this is hilarious. There was a headline. I swear this is true. I swear. And it was something about a Catholic priest who is a scientist discovers blah, blah. The first comment with over a hundred likes was, right, like a priest could be a scientist. <laughs> so they weren't historians either. Right. <laughs> but it did not stop them from having an opinion. Right. So there you go. Try to think of all the things you and I should never express our opinion on because we have no idea what we're talking about. That's what helps me. Yes. So Sean Quinn said one thing we can all agree on is Pluto is a Disney character. I had no idea he was so far away. <laughs> Did Rome really fall? Well, like, uh, it didn't tumble. Yeah. Well, actually, we're going to talk about this in the Crusades lecture. The, uh, okay, so think about Rome this way. First, you start with the first period where Rome was under kings. But we don't know much about that period. The one we know a lot about was when it became a republic. And then you have a period of time where you had kind of a fake republic, and that's called uh, the Imperium. And then you had the last stage of the Western Roman Empire called the Dominant, which is where there was no appearance of a... You and I would say that's a full dictatorship. And then Rome kind of went east and west. And the east, the west one fell in the 6th century, and the western one didn't fall for about 800 more years. Uh, once the Muslims found gunpowder, that was it. Uh, so uh, people would say, like, even Mike Duncan, who I consider one of my favorite Roman historians, as well as another great Roman historian, uh, Antony Everett, uh, both say, well, yeah, the Roman Empire continued in the Church of Rome, us. We Roman Catholics, but I don't know. If so, we got small, right? We went from Europe and the Mediterranean to 11 acres in the middle of Rome. But, yeah. If you drink clear flavored water less than one hour before HC. Holy communion. Oh, got you. 
does that break the fast where only water and medicine are allowed? Depends on your age. Um, uh, like, I, I forget the age. It's in canon law. But there's a point where you don't have to do the fast, which my dad always points out to me as he eats a sandwich 10 minutes before Mass. Um, and go by communion, not by Mass time, right? So uh, if you need the clear-flavored water, uh, I think you're okay. Uh, like if, you have, if you're in the choir or if you have some kind of sugar thing or, you know, if there's a good reason, I think it's okay. Uh, the key idea is, uh, you know, a frankly, a clear stomach for our Lord. And I think liquid is fine. I do. I got to think this through. I did not think this through. Sorry. Yeah, I think you're fine. Clear liquid. Yes, you're fine. Um, where are you today? Like mentally, <laughs> emotionally, physically? Is that a real question? Or are they being funny? You know, because sometimes you'll say it's, we're in a bunker. It's oh, yeah. We're actually, it's funny you should ask. We are in the secret archives of the Vatican Library. Um, I now know who killed Kennedy. You want to know? Do you want me to tell you? It was Lee Harvey Oswald. Don't tell. Okay, so if asking who gives this woman away at a wedding is from old Irish property law, what about the line of authority that Father Chad Rip 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 Berger I don't know what teaches? I don't know that one. Um, I don't. I think I know this name, but I don't know him, uh, and I don't know. I'm not familiar with this line of authority that he. Um, teaches. I do know what I was taught at U of M was that, and it was affirmed in seminary, uh, like in seminary, we were told, you shouldn't do this, who gives this bride away? Because she's not property. She's not being given away. She's being traded. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. That's not funny. So I, I apologize. I don't know what Chad, Father Chad's taught. Uh, oh, man, my brain. Isn't that funny? I'm in the Crusades in my head. That's okay. This is a problem. Like, right before the show, I told Carrie about the worst thing, which was the Children's Crusade. And let me just say this. Oops. <laughs> uh, so I apologize. I don't know about this line of authority that Father Chad teaches. If you want to quickly share it with us, great. I'll, I'll, I'll see what I got. Um, but uh, as a cradle Catholic, some things are just muddled in my brain. I get you. That's part of why I tried to do that foundations thing. Because think of it this way. Uh, I think this is the best way to do it. If you're married, okay, you have a person who you met at some point, uh, hopefully before the wedding. You didn't think that was funny? <laughs> and you got to know them a bit. And then the bit you got to know compelled you to want to know them more. And on and on and on. And then at some point, it became, you began learning even things you didn't want to know uh, just by benefit of more time. And I think in the end, one of the big challenges for us as humans is to keep in mind the first thing. I like this person. Right? Even before you got to love, there was some part of you that went, I like this person. When we talk about Catholicism, you have a lot of people who um, are passionate 
about specific elements. And that's awesome. Where they get in trouble is when they think you have to be passionate about those specific elements. Um, and they can be very convincing when they talk to you because they're speaking from their passion. So part of my passion, truly, I wish Catholics knew their history better. Why? Well, just because it will help us understand the church. But what I recognize, that's just because I like history. When I talk to my buddy, right, who's a philosopher, he thinks everyone should know Catholic philosophy really well. Why? Why? Because that's his passion. And so what I try to not do, like, I don't know if you notice, even when I do the history stuff, I make sure you know, you don't have to know this. <laughs> this is just what I like and what you seem to respond to. But the moment I start getting letters that very lovingly say, you know, you're overdoing the history. Can we get back to theology? Heck yeah. Praise God. I want to serve. So all this stuff coming into your brain, which you never want to lose sight of, is that you were made for love, by love, to love. And that Jesus shows us by his word and example how to do that. And to some extent, you never want to lose sight of that because you will see Christians who, with the best of intentions, do the worst things because they forgot steps one through ten and they're hyper-focused on steps 30 through 40. Am I making sense? And I do it. We all do it. This happens. But it's super important for us to know. So I think I told you, because uh, and I know I, I've said this a couple times, it's just such a perfect example of the letter I got when I hadn't been here three months from someone who did a 19-point letter about how I'm ruining the parish, right? And almost all of it centered on, I'm a liberal and we need more traditional things, okay? Now, I've never really been called a liberal before. Uh, and I don't mind, I don't care. But like this person was even arguing against things I don't believe. I know you believe, blah, blah. No, I really don't. I, I think that's awful. But he never asked any questions. He just closed his eyes and swung. Okay? I believe with all my heart, he believes he did the Lord's work. He just forgot steps one through ten. Right? That how we treat each other is of extreme importance. Do, do you get me? I mean, it hurt. It hurt and it angered me. But the more I got time from it, the more I thought, well, bless his heart. He's wrong. And I'm wrong about a million things. But he does want a good thing. Uh, and he knows step 20 through 30, but he forgot steps 1 through 10. Right? Yeah? So keep focused on the core basics. You were made by love, for love, to love. And Jesus is the one who shows us, by word and example, how to do that. And that the Catholic Church is the means by, that he gave us to live at. Okay. Whew. Okay. 
Father Joe, do you see any sim many similarities to the fall of Rome to where we are today in the U.S.? Oh, sure. Uh, but I'll tell you who's got a great book on that is it's a book called The Storm Before the Storm. It's just written a few years ago by a guy named uh, Mike Duncan. And what he attempts to do is line us up with uh, where we are, because every republic crashes, okay, eventually. Uh, and why does it crash? In my opinion, okay, this is my opinion as to why republics crash. Because freedom uh, is a problem. <laughs> it's a great problem, but it's a problem. Why is it a problem? Because bad men use it badly. Uh, so uh, remember how we talked about how the law works? So the law says the speed limit is 70, right? Now, if we're on the highway and you're driving 70 in the left lane, I'm furious at you, right? Why? That's the passing lane. And you are going the speed limit. Are you breaking the law by going the speed limit in the passing lane? No. But you're being rude. Yeah? So then we can make a law. Okay, let's make a law. If you're in the left lane, you have to be going over 70. Well, then what's what someone's going to ask? What, like 71? Is 90 okay? Well, no, 90's not okay. Well, what exactly is it? Right? We use the laws to chain ourselves because we refuse to be intelligent. We'd rather be lazy. Okay, we refuse to be communal. We'd rather be selfish, right? And this is me too. So what eventually happens in a republic is we keep with the, well, what about, what about, what about? And then we make a law here and then bad men find a way to circumvent it. And so then we make that law about that. And then they find a way to circumvent. And all of a sudden we have piles and piles and piles of laws that really don't do anything because they're made for people who won't obey them anyway. Is this making sense? This is why republics crash. Because at core, we have two problems, laziness and selfishness. We would rather the government passed a law than we do what's right. Does this make sense? What ends up happening then? Public service becomes for the worst of us. So I was just thinking of this yesterday, right? That if you look at the Catholic Church, for example, it's a hierarchy. And like any hierarchy, there's a certain personality type attracted to promotion. So I think even Pope Francis talked about this. Climbers are what we call them. I don't know what you call them in the secular world. But there were guys we went to seminary with that within an hour you went, oh, he's a climber. Right. What does that mean? He wants to be bishop someday really, really bad. We, we also call that the transitional presbyterate. And if you're not a priest, that joke won't make sense, but it's funny. Um, well, actually, I think I can explain it. Anyway, so what happens? Those guys fall into two general categories. One, a guy who feels a genuine call from the Holy Spirit. I really feel like the Lord wants to put me in a position of leadership. And the guys who just, well, it's a promotion and I want a promotion. Uh, the second group are dangerous and really successful. They climb because they play the game and they play the game so that they can get the prize. Is this how we do it? 
Well, that's true in our secular world with politicians as well. And, you know, it's a perfect example. We just talked about, right, the same politicians that said, you can't go to your grandma's funeral. Well, you can see videos of them eating in restaurants and hanging out without masks in groups that you couldn't be in. Uh, the same, you, you get what I'm saying? The worst people become our leaders. Did anyone think, who was the last election? It was Trump and somebody. Biden, right? Yeah, was that the last election? Do you, did any human believe, yeah, these are the two best people to lead us. We just got to pick one. No, you know 20 people who do a better job. But because they're good, they can't get through the system. So republics crash because the worst people end up leading us. And they buy us, right? Uh, promise the moon and people will vote for you. Uh, you know, Republicans talk about smaller government and blah, 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 and then just hand it out money to everybody. You get what I'm saying? It becomes a, I can promise you this, and then you'll vote for me. And what they're promising you might not be best for the country. Uh, so, yeah, all of that leads to a crash. Uh, and as to what comes out the other side, well, uh, it's some form of fascism, right? Be it left-wing or right-wing. Um, uh, I've seen it a few times, like in Britain, it's actually crashed and become a republic again. Um, it just depends on how it comes about. Uh, according to Duncan, if I remember right, because I've read a few books on this, we're at the period of history where there was a Roman general named Marius, for whom my dog is named, right, who was a populist, and he equated him to Trump, okay, that he was a super wealthy, super elite, who kind of sold himself as fighting for the everyday man, uh, and led a populist kind of revolt, flagrantly disregarded laws uh, with impunity, and ended up uh, getting killed by a guy named Sulla, uh, which was the name I was going to name the dog, right? Because I was reading a thing about Sulla at the time, and I thought, that's a good dog name. But then when I saw his little face, he just looked like a Marius to me. So I don't his know. nickname is no trope. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, so that's where we're, do you see the similarities? Yes, populism is becoming more important than leadership. Uh, and you and I have decided there's two sides to every issue and we're always going to be on the same side, right? Like, I, I, this sounds terrible, but I really lose respect for people when I can predict their politics. They're just going to say whatever their lefty overlords say. They're just going to say whatever their righty overlords say. Those guys freak me out. Um, I get saying, well, I'm a Republican or I'm a Democrat. I totally get that. I just don't get believing the whole thing. You know? Like, truly, it seems to me more Catholics are comfortable disagreeing with the church than they are with their party of preference. Right. I know. And how did that happen? Because each side convinced you the other is going to kill everyone and ruin everything. Yeah. Gone are the days. Just in my lifetime. Right. Remember, Tip O'Neill was the head of the Democrat Party. 
Ronald Reagan was the was the president, the Republican president, and they had dinner together. They drink beer together. Yeah. They didn't agree on anything. But Reagan never got up and said, Tip O'Neill is trying to kill this republic. Yeah. And Tip O'Neill, Ronald Reagan is trying to destroy the country. You know, it was no, they, they talked like rational human beings. You know? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I went off. I do see similarities. Do I think it's inevitable that it crashes? Not at all. If we cowboy up and actually start really thinking uh, and, and being willing to sacrifice, right? Debt is slavery. And every time we vote for these people who are just going to spend more and more money we don't have, we just keep kicking the can down the road and that can's getting bigger and bigger and it's going to be our grandchildren who pay, right? Not us. We can keep having four houses that we can barely afford. Yeah. Um, coach Carol Hutchins of U of M softball is outstanding coach and team and amazing to watch when baseball is disappointing. I love watching softball. Dad and I do spend a lot of time now. We don't watch college softball. Well, no, I guess we do. Yeah. I just don't know why we never see U of M. Right. Yeah. It seems like what probably we see are Southern, huh? Probably has something to do with the TV deal. Yeah, probably. There's probably some contract or something. But, yeah, and I know U of M baseball is probably the best program in the Midwest. Yeah. Uh, all the time. Like, not once in a while. Like, all the time. If you've got a kid committing to the south oh my gosh you've got arizona florida texas california but if they're going midwest and they're super talented they tend to end up at u of m so i bet their softball rocks and softball's a panic to watch again i don't know why like this WNBA. it's like no show softball we'd watch that i'd watch that but i don't know they just went all in yeah um uh, could you do a show that's a walkthrough of vestments, vesting procedure, altar linens, and et cetera? Yeah, do you know what? I'm so glad they reminded us. We keep saying we'll do this. And I think you guys might find it a little more interesting than you would think. Because it really is cool. Yeah, we will do that. And guys, I'm sorry. I feel like I've wasted a lot of time today telling my opinion. And I, I yikes. Um, oof. Okay. Uh... Okay, the other day, in my devotional, Jesus Calling, I love that devotional, it had scripture, Exodus 24 through 5. It was about how we should not have idols of any kind. Can you explain church teaching on this? Sure. Um, when God prohibits the making of, quote, graven images, okay, what he's talking about is something people did back then, namely, um, would create something, right? The screaming goat, okay? And, it, and in fact, right, Scripture breaks this down real clear for us because they did it a little later, right? The Jews did right after God said, knock it off. Uh, they made an image and said, that image, that's God. They didn't say it's an image of God. They didn't say it's a picture of God. That's God. And so everybody worshipped it. And, and it was, in fact, wasn't it a golden calf? Oh, it was a calf. Calves don't scream. Uh, such a practice is forbidden. Uh, but like you may notice, God also told them when they create the Ark of the Covenant to create angels, statues of angels, and put them on there. 
right? So it's, I, I can't do it because I'm not flexible, but angels basically with their wings up together and then bowed down. Okay, so there's two of those on the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, clearly God, in our mind, did not have a problem with the making of images. He had a problem with making of graven images, images of a God that we then worship. So <clears throat> what you ran into was once Christianity became legal, there were no paintings. There was no such thing as paintings or drawings. There was the only way you could remember someone was either through what the super wealthy people did, was what, which, was, which was called ma oh, wax meltings. And I don't understand the process, but they would coat the per dead person's head and then peel it off and leave it out like preserved and it was just a way you could look and remember mom or dad that's what rich people could do what could poor people do carve a little image of them right and have it out and they would find like roman soldiers carried around in their things little carvings of their wife and kids okay uh, that practice we do today in the church that when you have uh saint uh, who do we have in the church um saint martin de porus we have a statue of him we're like, well, doesn't the, tr doesn't the commandment say you can't? No, because we're not saying that's Martin de Porres, let's worship him. We're saying that's an image of Martin de Porres, let's ask him to pray, right? And even when we look at the statue, we're not praying to the statue. We're praying in the direction of the statue. The statue is our reminder to pray. It's not the source of our prayer. It's not the thing we're praying at. Does this make sense? So we don't have any pictures of the Blessed Mother, right? But we have statues of her. We don't have any pictures of Jesus, but we have statues of Jesus. We don't look at the statue of Jesus and go, that's Jesus. Let's worship it. No, we look at the statue and go, oh, Jesus, thank you. Okay. So uh, I hope you find that helpful. And to be clear, uh, and I hate how I sound when I say this, but I would be lying if I said different. Um, the idea that Christians can't have statues is brand new, right? In our 2,000-year history, there was a movement called iconoclasts, but it was a very small movement that died out quick. And then there was, uh, in the 16th century, with the birth of Protestantism uh, and the abandonment of so many things like images. So we can say, oh, that's so-and-so. Right? Let's remember their holiness and ask them to pray for us. Okay. Uh, what? Did you see this? Yeah. Okay. Oh, sorry. Okay. This is hard for me to read. I'm sorry. Okay, Father, I hate to ask this publicly. But about 12 years ago, a priest told me I look like an idiot walking up to receive the Eucharist. I am usually a bit overwhelmed during that time, so maybe ever since then, it comes to my mind at Mass and I feel anger toward him. How do I erase that? Uh, you should feel anger toward him. Uh, what he said to you was cruel, untrue, uh, and a reflection not of you, but of him. Um... In the name of Jesus Christ, I rebuke that lie. Okay? I mean that. And I'm so sorry. Uh, so what do we do with this? One, 
if he's still alive, let's go beat him up. No, I'm just kidding. Although I really want to. I could, do you think I could take him? Be honest. I'm, I'm fat, but I can move like a ninja if I have to. Do you think I could take this guy? I don't know who it is, but I bet right. I could take him. Uh, <laughs> because somebody like that, I bet that would say something so cruel and out of place. What a horrible human being. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, oh, yeah. She said, oh, hell yes. <laughs> oh, yeah? Let's find him. <laughs> oh, my gosh. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke the lie. Okay, I rebuke that lie in the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, so what are we going to do? We're going to pray for him, uh, that he repent. Um, we're going to pray for him that he repent. Because if he's saying crap like that to you, he's saying it to other people. And I remember early in the priesthood, uh, and I want to be vague, encountering a couple priests where I went back to Father John Klein, you may remember him, he's best, one of the best priests we had. And I told him, how do I keep from being the bitter old priest? Isn't that something? You could ask him. This was, I asked him this in 99. And he told me, people are gonna use you. <laughs> people are gonna come to you on their worst day. Uh, People are going to take everything from you that they can. Um, and you need to love them for it. Because that's what you know you and I do to God. And the moment we forget we're servants, we become dictators. I mean, he said it all better than this. But that was the idea. And, you know, you never know what was in his mind. Or what was it? Um, I'm so, 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 so sorry. But think about what's going on in the spirit world that that's when the devil struck. Uh, I'll bet the devil had to do something. I mean it. Um, to stop you. I, I, does this make sense? You, you got to remember, the devil's powerful. He's more powerful than you can possibly imagine, but he is limited. And he's only going to attack relevancy you know what I mean like yeah so there was something beautiful going on there and he had to stop it and I'm so sorry but every time you remember that rebuke that lie in the name of Jesus Christ I'll tell you a true story I was at a parish this is awesome um, and I would help out there sometimes I wasn't there a lot and they had a canter that was at every mass I prayed for them and he was the worst cantor ever it was torturous <laughs> and it was in a church where nobody sang so you got this dude who every time I prayed mass would canter and it was awful <laughs> and I had just my normal parish had one of the best choirs I've ever heard. And so I always joked in my head, I'm going from heaven to hell uh, in terms of music. And the per this dude clearly loved to sing. Okay, I mean, just got up there and with his whole heart bellered. And uh, so I'm sitting at mass and I'm feeling that, ugh, I mean, I'm sorry. It, one of the worst candors I've ever heard in my life. 
Isn't this terrible? And I realized I was making a face. This is a true story. And I was like, oh no, that's the first step to becoming that priest. You get me? And so I swear this is true. Jesus, help me to hear him like you hear him. And instantly for two seconds, I heard glory and a beauty that I could cry telling you right now. And then it was gone. And it was back to the cat being tortured. And I, I'm telling you, <laughs> uh, yeah. Isn't that something? So uh, we priests, we have so much to repent of. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just talking now. I feel like I'm off today. I'm no. sorry. How did you deal with the person who wrote the 19-point letter when you came to Holy Family? Did you see the person at Mass? I did. I wrote back. And I just wrote, I'm sorry to have failed you so completely in such a short amount of time. Uh, I pray you enjoy whatever parish the Lord takes you to. So, um, okay. What compelled you to study Japanese lit in college and what do you love about it? Oh, you know, Dr. Hanashiro at U of M is the one. Um, basically, I took every history course I could. And he was teaching an intro to Japanese history. And I took it and I fell in love. And then I took another and then another and another. And any class I could, I was so blown away by that incredible. It, you got to think of it this way. Japan, geographically was completely isolated from the rest of the world until the 16th century in many ways. I mean, yeah, they had contact. I don't overstate it, but until, um, well, even past that, right? 1601 was the Battle of uh, Sekigahara, and that's when this, this guy named Iyasu Tokugawa uh, took control of Japan, a majority of Japan, and then almost immediately began isolating them. So it was the 1800s. When a, I think British warship sailed into Japan, they're like, oh, what are those? Yeah, those are cannons. Uh, and Japan was quite literally forced to open up to the world. So there was a culture that developed completely independent of everywhere else. And think about that. You know? Yeah. Oh. It's just amazing. Uh, okay, the Catholic church I attended as a child would take down the cross during Lent and allow parishioners to kiss the feet of Jesus on the statue. Does this go against what you just discussed? No, not at all, right? Because again, nobody believes that that's Jesus. They know that's an image of Jesus and that they're kissing it as a sign of comfort to Christ on the cross. Do, do you get what I mean? Like, you, you might think this is what is the word? I can't remember the word, but just words, word playing with words. But no, remember, they really believed those idols were the gods. We don't look at that statue of Jesus and kiss his feet because we think Jesus' feet might be dry. We kiss them as a sign of our gratitude or as a sign of comforting our Lord, who is perpetually on the cross right? And perpetually risen. Um, it's astounding to think of. He's outside of time. So I hope that helps. 
Um, whew, all right. Should cremains be buried in the ground or put in a mausoleum? Either way, uh, you want permanent, sacred, consecrated ground. Yeah. Uh, Father, I got married in the 90s and it didn't even last a year. I knew as a divorced Catholic, I couldn't marry another Catholic. I got remarried 14 years later to a Protestant and I love her to death. Yay. Uh, though our, through our relationship, she has decided to become Catholic. Woohoo! Once she made that decision, we started living as brother and sister so we could keep going to communion. I'd like to get an annulment, but my ex is scary, emotionally unbalanced, and I've heard in order to do an annulment, we have to have communication with our ex. I don't want her back in my life. She's a troublemaker, a liar, and bipolar. I fear her getting our address and causing us problems. If we keep living as siblings, can we keep going to communion, or do I need the annulment? This is driving me crazy because I don't know what to do. Does this make sense? Absolutely. Uh, if there is any chance at all that I have to communicate with my ex, then I don't want to do it. And the advice would be great. Okay. This is not rare. Okay. So I don't want you to feel worried. This is easy for me to help you with. Uh, if we can keep the question up in case I miss a part of it, because there's a lot to this. So in, in terms of, do you need an annulment? Yeah. Okay. If you want to have uh, well, what you're doing now works, that you and your wife are living as brother and sister and going to communion, great. If you have sex, please go to confession before you go to communion. Now, with that, I don't know your age, but sex is a big part of marriage, right? That for us as Catholics, the ability to express your love physically, to do with your bodies what your souls are doing, to us that's super important. At the same time, what I'll encourage you to do is this. Whatever diocese you're in, call the tribunal and ask to speak to a judge. Okay? Now, the person on the phone might say, well, maybe I can help you. I'm going to be candid. Ask them, if, are you a canon lawyer? Okay, because you can get bad advice from very well-intending people who answer phones at tribunals. I've experienced this firsthand as a priest, right? And not that they're bad, but they just don't know what they're talking about sometimes. It'd be like me answering the phone at the tribunal. I'd be like, yeah, you can do that. And then, no, you really can't. It turns out you can't kill a priest for making fun of someone at communion. So, uh, and what you want to do is then tell the judge you're thinking of filing for an annulment, and here is your worry. Now, the judge will probably ask you some questions, because there are exceedingly rare circumstances. I think I've only been able to do it twice in 24 years, where you can seek out an annulment without contacting the former because of what you're talking about. Now, I want to be super clear you need your expectations low here because the odds aren't good. The church would say that your ex in all of her brokenness has to be a part of the process. And I promise you, on some level at least, I get what you're talking about. This happens more than you can know. Um, both male and female each seem to hit an age where they change radically uh, not all the time, of course, 
but you get this 20%. I don't know, I'm making that up. But where all of a sudden somebody in, you know, we joke about men having midlife crises and yeah, it's something like that. I don't know. Midlife crises seems like such a low term for such a high disaster. And same with women. I've never heard people talk about that with women, but it seems the same thing happens. Uh, some people, whatever they have buried, can't stay underground. And man, it comes out. Now, especially, wait, la, la, la. So there is a small possibility that when you describe to the judge uh, what you're dealing with, that the judge will say, oh, okay. Well, we're going to do, and I forget the name of it. My sister, if she's listening, well, she's not listening. She knows. But man, it's rare because the church would then consider herself violating that woman's rights. And I'm so sorry. Okay. Did I answer all the questions? You know, I pray Jesus help you in this. Okay. I do. Okay. Um, the director of Thor, Love and Thunder... I saw that movie. That's hilarious. It's weird. Okay. Uh, pointed out in an interview an Easter egg for his Satanist fans. <laughs> Both of them. Uh, it was an upside-down cross hidden in the house on the set. He said there were 666 of them. Can we as Catholics see that movie in good faith? He pointed to it, so it's definitely there. Uh, well, I, I'll just quick double check because you won't believe this stuff uh, that gets spread. Um, Easter eggs, store love. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So uh, I'll double check this, but I, I got a thing here. One of the first hits on uh, DuckDuckGo was like, there's a story going around. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we'll have to check. Okay, we can check. The first slide I saw says there's a story being made up and going around. So about that. So I don't know. This site says it's not real, but I just quickly checked. Um and these kind of things happen where people uh, spread these these crazy stories. Uh, so if it's true, I, I can't imagine. I'll be honest. I, I just can't. Um, but, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, where does the concept of godparents come from? A couple things. Uh, the idea is, I like. I remember when I was a kid, it was funny. Uh, they, one of the first things I learned that I remember, who knows, is uh, your parents. Uh, you, you have godparents, so that when your parents die, you're taken care of. That's what we were told. <laughs> I'm like, wow, tell a seven-year-old that. Oh my gosh. Uh, now the whole idea uh, that, at least as we uh, see it, is that you have a guide. Um, that's where I get sad about, well, I'm going to pick this person cause they're my friend. Mm, the key thing is, are they a devout practicing Catholic? That's what matters. Can they tutor that child in the faith? And that's where that came from. This idea that every human needs a guide outside of mom and dad, uh, particularly when they start hitting those ages where mom and dad can't say anything right. Uh, the idea of godparents has unfortunately kind of evolved into this cultural way to honor your friend. 
And I cannot tell you how common it's becoming that I get letters and emails. My kids, godparents don't care. Uh, you know, they buy them birthday presents, but in terms of the faith, they don't even go to church. What do I do? You get another set of godparents, right? Uh, you can't change them on the birth certificate or anything, but, um, and people ask me, will you be a godparent? And I, do, I say no all the time anymore. But what I used to say is I'm the worst, right? If you want a godparent who buys presents, I'm the worst. I won't even remember. But if they come to me, and they need help with Jesus, I'm that guy. I'm good at that part. Um, and to that end, I almost am a better godparent <laughs> than maybe one who buys presents for Christmas, Easter, birthdays, but doesn't even go to church anymore, let alone wouldn't know how to talk to a kid about faith to save their life. You know, um, but that's where it came from. The church's recognition that everyone needs a guide. And we kind of took it and turned it into a, well, you know, Chuck's my best friend. So I'll have him do it. Um, yeah. Okay, someone asked me to talk about mitered abbesses. I know very little. Mitered abbesses as a concept, I don't know if there are still any. But when I was in seminary, I remember learning about one. So an abbess is the head of a convent or uh, a group of nuns. And uh, they have power, for lack of a better term. Um, and a mitered abbess was one, it would be like almost like a bishop in terms of their rank. I, I don't know how else to say it. I believe... Uh, during the bubonic plague, they could even do apostolic blessings. Uh, the only women who could, right? I bless you in the name of the Father. They make the one, two, three, four signs of the crosses like the bishops do when they're processing out of Mass, right? Uh, that's all I know. And to be honest, it's spotty. I'll have to look that up more. Um, but uh, will you be my godfather? Do you have cash? I can be bought. Um, can parents get another god parent? In a sense, sure. Uh, some priests won't do this. I will. Uh, and I mean super traditional and super liberal priests will do it. It just depends on the dude. But what I've done is um, had you know, the 10 year old kid come in with the new godparents and I just do a little ritual with them. Um, now to be clear, the church will still say the originals were godparents. But you and those people involved will know, right? Son, this is who I want you to go to. This is who I want you to look to. This is who I want you to be like in terms of your faith. Yeah. Yeah? That's done. I feel like I was overly opinionated today. And if so, please forgive me. Uh, but um, I'm geeked out for uh, next week. We're going to talk about kind of a hodgepodge, right? And then I'm ex super excited for you to meet Father Sean on Thursday. And for those of you who already know him, I'm excited for you to see him again. Uh, and then next Friday, I think, is another question and answer. And this time, we're going to actually, and this is really cool. We didn't know if we could set up the cameras and the sound system. Uh, but we're going to be doing it in, the name just left my head. Shoot, Atlantis. 
Yes, uh, the secret lost city sunk under the ocean. Uh, we will be there. Now, an interesting trivia, their studio looks just like this one. So. <laughs> they copy catters. They copy catters. So what I'll do now is wrap us up with a prayer, and then I will see you beautiful people either at the weekend masses. This weekend I'm doing St. Mark. Yeah. I'm covering 5.30 at St. Mark on Saturday and 10 o'clock at Holy Family on Sunday. Yeah. And a wedding today? A wedding I did one wedding today. I got another wedding. Uh, yeah, it's just lots of sacraments. Tomorrow is like if you there's a 24 hour stretch where I looked where I'm going to get five of the seven sacraments out. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Yeah. No, yeah. six. Yeah. Yeah. Baptisms tomorrow. Yeah. Baptism, confession, mass, uh, wedding. Four. I knew I added one. Four, not five. I'm also going to ordain a priest. <laughs> is there any situation in which you could do that? No. None. No. Not even disaster hit the world. Yeah, I can't think of one because uh, they'd have to make me a bishop. Okay. So it has and, to be a bishop. And I couldn't be a titular bishop either. I'd have to be, I don't think a titular bishop can. I think you have to be like a bishop, right? A titular is when they give you a diocese that's underwater or something, right? And it's basically a way the church can promote or someone, but without giving them any work. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and I don't even know if those cats can. <laughs> Sean but, Quinn does want to know how much it would take for you to ordain him. Who does? Sean Quinn. Sean, uh, I'm going to need a case of beer, bro. Uh, and $17 million. And $17 million or a Heinz sponsorship. Because isn't it the Heinz family who's like super duper rich? They can afford this. And then I could get, I don't know, I was going to say something like a, a new hairdo. <laughs> Uh, but I'm just not, uh, yeah, I'm out today. Okay. So salad pray. Yes. Oh, did I tell you someone, someone sent me a very, when I told them it was a joke, they were totally cool. Like they weren't being jerky. They sent me an email. I was like, father, it sounds like you're saying salad pray. Like they were trying to help me with articulating. And they thought I was saying, shall we pray? But that I was sounding like, and I'm like, no, I'm 12 years old. I didn't want to say, let us pray. So I say salad pray. And then they wrote back and thought it was the greatest thing ever. <laughs> salad pray. Romaine pray. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you for Bran and Jerry. And in a beautiful morning. Uh, we also thank you, Lord, for all of these inquiring minds that want to know more about you. And today, Lord, if we've listened to this and thought, gosh, I could do better at God, parent, help us to do better. Help us to put the past aside and press forward. Father, we are so grateful for the gift of this faith. And we ask you to protect us from the well-meaning folks who want to make it harder than it is. We also ask that you protect us from evil, protect us from doing evil. And Lord, you know the priest we're thinking of here, and we ask that you forgive him and heal him. And we ask that the person who was a victim of his words would find healing and wholeness. 
And Lord, for any of us who've used our mouths badly, we're so sorry. Please forgive us. Help us to do better. Jesus, you know the people we love and worry about. And you know all the circumstances that we fret about. Well, we give them all to you because we love you and we trust you. And I ask that Almighty God bless you all, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'll see you beautiful people later. And until then, peace. And thanks to Heinz. Is it over? No, it's never.